0: Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and
1: welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye.
0: That's right. And to keep us positive, we decided to make this a little bit of a drinking game. (laughs) Uh That's right, people. We are a positive film podcast. So anytime we say anything negative about a movie, negative, negative, about anything, (laughs) we say anything negative at all, you're going to hear this sound that sound means that one or all of us have to take a drink and we hope you drink along with us so pour
2: yourselves a glass and we're going to enjoy you jackman and his most like unlikable character ever
0: (laughs) Uh. most like unlikable Mm. that's right people the random year generator (laughs) spun 2013 which was a fantastic year that we will talk about about halfway through not even halfway through the episode check the show notes if you want to skip ahead when we get to our conversation of 2013 the film year the context and prisoners our chosen film for our mm. featured segment directed by Del- denny villeneuve this movie is leaving netflix right before dune comes out which is very yeah, interesting I was hoping like, it would go a, to H Max yeah. or something, but it's no like they can it. only
2: have one fil- one film by him on there at any one yeah. time. it's, all like it's almost afford- like Denny's. Yeah. Like
0: it's almost like Denny's. Like Netflix is like fuck Denny during this time.
2: Like, yeah, <laughs> as yeah no, no, Netflix, no, can't Netflix can't afford movies anymore because everyone's on the ad tier. And uh, honestly,
0: so yeah. if you come into if you're listening to this podcast in real time, you have until November nine, two thousand twenty-four to watch this on Netflix for free with your subscription or with John's subscription. And we are also going to do a couple mini reviews today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah argyle came out this weekend 200 million dollar budget you know something funny about
2: that like i tried to um, connect this this morning my phone to netflix in my house on my wi-fi this is not my gripe by the way um on my wi-fi on the phone that is the account that is paying for the netflix so it's netflix on us we i think we all know who they are and uh I got flagged for devi- a device outside my household. It literally <laughs> popped up and went, this is a device outside your household. I'm like, no, it fucking isn't.
0: <laughs> like, wow. I'm standing
2: in my fucking house on my home Wi-Fi.
0: Something wow. wrong, Netflix fixed your shit. That is, yeah, that's fucked up. I will say that did happen to me Um, But it was a device from, that was logged into a specific uh, account a very long time ago. And um, I I probably deserved it. It was harmless and everything, but it was kind of like, okay, this is obviously somebody logged into this Netflix like six years ago. And I was like, yeah, 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 it's it's true. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the other mini reviews, spoiler free, you know, quick little mini reviews today. We've got Argyle, which just came out and bombed at the box office. Uh, $200 million Matthew Vaughn movie made 16.5 ish. We got Poor Things. Emma Stone got her nom, Yorgos, Lanthimos, so John and I are going to talk about that. Ferrari, And the news of Lewis Hamilton, the biggest Formula One news, perhaps ever, but certainly in the past 10 years, leaving Mercedes to join Ferrari after this season. What a (laughs) weird fucking year this is going to be. I decided to watch Ferrari on the day of that news. He saw that movie,
2: he's like, fuck those assholes.
0: So there you go, Prisoners, (laughs) 2013, three mini reviews, Dave's got a gripe. And then we're going to tell you what we've been watching at the end of the segment. John, do you want to shout our sponsors out?
1: I do. We have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barozzo. You can find that gentleman on Instagram at cbarozo.beer. Check the show notes for the link. Uh, we also have a music artist in residence. He plays at the beginning and end of every single episode. It's called Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N. You can find their music available on every usual streaming platform. So go listen, enjoy
2: uh, yeah, that's there's it, a link dude. to it on our link tree. If you just want to click link a button, tree. take you right nice. there. Go there. You don't have to search. Yeah, dude.
0: And you also, don't we have have to search. We, have, we have a YouTube, and I've heard it's it's better to watch than to listen. So go ahead and watch YouTube. You can see us really drink if that makes you happy. Mm. Um, John wears his Elon shirt, sweatshirt every week. I don't know how often he washes it, yeah, but...
1: You'll never be able to tell what episode it is if you're only looking at my, <laughs> at my fucking box. It is you're like when, shirts that you're like, I wear at home, apparently.
0: You're like when Daniel Radcliffe just fucked over all the paparazzi by wearing the same outfit every day for six months so that all of their photos look like oh, the same thing. Oh, that's day. genius. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good idea. You I'm sure he was the first to do
1: that, but that's fucking fantastic.
0: He either had the best day ever or he really did that for six months. <laughs> this... Oh,
1: that's so good.
0: Um, anything else you want to talk about, John, before Dave gets into his gripe?
1: Uh, no,
2: we'll gripe first and then reviews.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Dave, take it away. You got the one-minute gripe timer. Go ahead.
2: All right. Well, we're gonna stick with Netflix because uh, okay. as, as we've spoken about in the couple, last couple of weeks, I experienced the Netflix ad tier for the first time oh. uh, this week. And I just want to say like uh, Amazon also did the thing where they added the ad tier without an option. They're like, you, you have fucking ads now yeah. to pay us three bucks or this is it. Yeah. Um, and I, the Netflix ad tier and the Amazon ad tier, I, I like on Amazon, you get like an ad before your movie and then your okay. movie plays. Yeah. On the Netflix yeah. ad tier, 15 fucking ad breaks in prisoners. Oh, I no. open it up you and there's 15 little, little, little yellow bars where they cut away to a fucking ad in the middle of the movie. And I'm like, fuck this. Um, and or, not only that, the thing they don't tell you Whoa. is on the ad tier, there are certain shows you can't fucking watch. You can't get Walking Dead. Sorry, it's it's unlicensed for the ad tier. Whoa fuck what the Dude.
1: fuck yeah i think they're yeah. gonna be in trouble for that shit oh my god did they say Did they breaks. say anything did they say anything about the number of ads is bullshit
2: but i guess i wasn't expecting them to say but
1: anything also, about that but did like, they announce any limitations on ip
2: or not library no, or? I, not that i saw um they probably did wow. somewhere in some fucking fine print but yeah like i i because I'm, I'm up to season 10 of walking dead and once I reverted back to that, because uh, for anyone who's been following this, I, I was on T-Mobile and it was Netflix on us. And I, I I, just bought my phone outright to keep the fucking plan. I thought, I'll show these fuckers. And they went, no, we'll fucking show you. And went, okay, your Netflix on us is now Netflix ads on us. And uh, downgraded me. Wow. Um, just send me an email. That's it. You've been downgraded. That's what we pay for now. And... Uh, so yeah, Dude. and basically my first and last impressions of uh, Netflix ad tier lasted about I want to say 35 minutes because I went straight, <laughs> straight away and upgraded back to the fucking no ads plan, which is what exactly I'm, yeah how much more money is it? Uh, eight dollars a month.
0: I mean, yeah. they
1: they knew so people to do that, a year, right? Yeah, hundred dollars a year. knew that was
0: going to happen. But I wonder if, but if you actually watched all those ads, I feel like that would be worth more than a hundred dollars a year to them. So, what a weird. I don't know what their. I have no idea what their data looks What's like. The incentive. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know what
2: they. But Del- I guess they're not paying money, and that's that's all that counts.
0: Yeah, Argyle's going to have wow. to have a lot of commercials to make their money back on Apple TV Plus. That's for sure. <laughs> um,
1: so topical. Look what he did there, folks. Yeah he brought it back alright
0: Dave well I'm headed my Argyle mini review here so Argyle just came out that's right Matthew Vaughn the director of the Kingsman who by the way this is gonna sound crazy but I didn't expect to see this movie this weekend a friend asked me to see it and I was like fuck it let's go entourage ticket purchase like that we were there and I didn't look anything up I saw the trailer like four times yeah um, you know the story, Bryce Dallas Howard's writing this romantic spy book that apparently is also happening in real life. And Sam Rockwell is like the real version to the Henry Cavill book version. And John yeah. Cena's in the book version. And doing for, People for Looks for Amazing in that dress yeah. in the trailer. And... For
2: anyone who's my age, it's basically a twist on romancing this time.
0: Yeah, okay, okay. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I didn't look up the director because I, I didn't think I would see the movie. No disrespect to it. And uh, minutes in, I was like... That feels like Kingsman, <laughs> so it's like yeah. So Matthew Buffer, sure. you could definitely tell it has the two hundred million dollar budget. I'll say this: I don't want to yuck anybody's yum with this movie. Let's put it that way. I I don't know whether you, to buzz that or not. You sounded hot. <laughs> yeah, 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 you, yeah, yeah. you get you too get what you get. The trailer is kind of like the opening of this movie. You know, you have the book world and you have the real world, and there's a lot of twists. There's so many twists. So, if that's what you want, it's fun. You can see all of the money in the action. You can see the $200 million budget. Sam Rockwell, for instance, is like having so much fun. There's a cat that's really funny in it. You know, Henry Cavill's doing his best as the Agent Argyle in the book. So, you know what? You, maybe you'll love the movie. Some people in my theater really love the movie. I think some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen in a movie was in this fucking movie. Um, I. But at the same time, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. Um, They know this. For instance, and I'm only going to give one little thing away. It's not a spoiler. Oil spills on the floor. So they don't want to fire guns because they don't want to spark the oil. So what does she do? She puts knives on her shoes and ice skates through the room temperature oil on hardwood floor while killing people. Now I don't know how knives on shoes turns into skates and I don't know how you can skate on oil as if it's ice when it's room temperature and liquid, but they decided to do that in this movie. Pretty fucking stupid and they did it and it was fun and some people laughed and you know, so if that's your kind of thing, I will say I fell asleep for five minutes Mm -hmm. and I don't feel bad about it. I woke up, I probably missed a twist, but it doesn't matter because the twists come so much there's so many twists that by the time you get used to a twist, it twists back on itself or twists in a different direction. They got a little twist happy that I was kind of like, all right, I didn't even sit there and go, oh, look at that twist. Cause I was like, okay, but what's the next twist gonna be? So, you know, they, they probably <laughs> overplayed their hand they probably didn't ground the reality enough so that you had the two different things that would merge at a certain point. It obviously bombed, so, you know, it didn't get the best reviews and everything. But I think some people at home are going to really love it. They're going to walk their dog and then come back and keep watching. And and, and it's going to be fun when it's on Apple TV+. Plus. That's what I think.
1: Yeah. It and and seems like one of those movies yep. from a distance. I, I really had no desire to go see it.
0: The budget's great, though. It's It's got a great budget. It's I, interesting you say hopes. that, too, because,
1: like... Because Kingsman is, well, like, I a get, good one. But that's what I'm saying. That's what... It's, it's everything, almost like everything this one is Kingsman so wasn't. broadly. <laughs> this one is so... It seems like it's intentionally so comedically broad that yeah. his, his flavor of comedy doesn't really get to shine within, like, a spy thriller, because it's a mm. comedy that's wrapped in a spy thriller. Whereas Kingsman, I think, a different director wouldn't have made it so funny. It's yeah. because he made it. So, yeah. I don't know. This one always just seems like...
0: I thought Sam Rockwell was funny, but I think like the books, you know, they have the gag where she's writing while the character is speaking in real time. Like obviously they're going to do that gag, and it it wasn't that funny. It wasn't like it wasn't like Austin Powers funny. It wasn't like you know it it the, you know it was it was middle aged man funny. I guess I don't know. I I, I didn't laugh that much, but I, I know what they were trying to do. So that levity was fun while people are murdering I each so. other. But I, I
1: don't. this is this is one of the from a, and I'm not shedding on it either. I haven't seen it, but it is one that's just from the from the jump first trailer i remember having that feeling where i was like i'm a little surprised this movie got made it just seems like who is this <laughs> going to like be the exact perfect movie for it didn't really feel like you had like the couples the ingredients for it to be like a gigantic 200 million dollar right. blockbuster kind of thing
0: anyway. couples watch it with your well, significant other bright. and yeah there you go anyway it's, it, some people really love it you're not gonna love all of it, so hopefully you can joke about the, the weird stuff and just like have a laugh yeah. and, and watch some, some good stupid $200 million blow them blow up shit. Blow them right. up shit. I saw Poor Things, but I won't hog the spotlight here. John, take it away.
1: I'm curious to hear what you think about, about Poor Things. I, uh, this is just, I'm just gonna be totally honest and say, cause I think Dave, you kind of touched on this and I think most people are having a more similar reaction to what you said. Um, for me, I was very aware I'm not a, I'm not a big Lanthimos fan. I, I don't respond to his stuff in the way that I think a lot of people do, but I respect him a lot. Mm. I think this is probably, for a lot of people, I think I, I would understand why people are saying masterpiece. I felt like I watched a, an achievement in cinema and it just didn't speak to me. I just didn't mm. feel an emotional reaction to the piece uh, ever at all. I really enjoyed the. Obviously, the design is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. All the design filmmaking elements yeah. were at the top, 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 peak powers. It was really impressive. I just didn't feel anything. I didn't need building. to keep seeing what happened next. Um, and uh, and that's that's probably where I'll stop. And I, I thought the acting was great all the way around. I thought everybody did yeah. a really wonderful job. I wasn't expecting Mark Ruffalo to have so much fun. So I yeah. enjoyed watching him. <laughs> uh, well, you've but you have been... You've now been thrice He's just outside. <laughs> yeah. You've now
0: you've now been thrice fucked by thrice the best. Thrice fucked
1: by the best. It was really good. I, they were all great, of course. I just wanted to care a little bit more, and I know that's just not his thing. He likes keeping space between the audience and his characters. He doesn't want you to have a very emotional experience. And the I, older I get, the more I make these things, and the more movies I see, the more I realize that's the most important thing for me. Yeah, Otherwise, I cared, I just I cared don't about really feel attached. I
0: cared about Olivia yeah. Coleman in the favorite. The lobster, maybe you know, maybe it's Colin, but but I cared about her. Dave, since this is our first ever like double mini review, and it's poor things. Can you remind me? You said something like at the end it was all worth it, or something like I forget exactly what.
2: Yeah, it grew on you, right, Dave? Like kind of throughout your. Um, I mean, it had me from the trailer with the the production design and stuff, and Mm -hmm. but there is like there is a. I found the story a little more compelling, I think, than you did. just in the the journey of growth that she has and yeah. the, that the fact that that growth is reflected in everything down to the lens choices
0: yeah for the oh, film yeah.
2: like it was they, they thought about this on every level and that's that spoke to me
0: True. I'm somewhere between you two, I think. Because I, I'm. it took, for, there was a while where I was like, I, I have to start caring at a certain point here. Because I, I was just, it was so bizarre that I was kind of like, I really wanted to sink my teeth into her storyline, but it was so strange that it was hard to. <laughs> and obviously, Willem Dafoe's character is sort of that narrator at the beginning. And I was like, I don't need to know what he wants, but I just, I need to like, I need to find my thing that I'm going to latch on to. And I do think I kind of got there with her. And at the same time, I kind of wish I stayed a little closer to Willem Defoe, if that makes sense. Watching her, like let her be the star, but like that disconnect, I feel like I lost my footing a little bit with it. Um, but the, really the performances are so great that I went with it. But um, but yeah, I think I'm somewhere between you two on that.
1: Nice. Definitely so, worth seeing. Yeah. Definitely worth seeing in the theater if you can, folks. That is a oh, yeah. pretty it's unique not... visual experience. I uh-huh. haven't seen a movie like that ever or in a long time if you, if you don't see movies often in the theater. Sweet. Go check this one out
0: for sure. All right, one more to go before 2013. So, Angela and I have been so excited to see Ferrari. Angela's family—I don't—I'm I'm not. To, she's not here to speak for herself, but I'll just say her family's from Ferrari. They're from Monza. They're from Modena, Cologne, Milan. Oh, cool. Like they're wow. from central, north central Italy. They had balsamic vinegar. Like the, the Ferrari factory mm. is like less than an hour from some cousins that she has right now. Like. We've been so... Her father spoke Italian at home. She understands Italian. I, I studied Italian. I took two semesters in college. Did not get good so grades. It wasn't no my no idea what's going on.
1: I did not know you took... I took two <laughs> years of Italian. I didn't know you took two semesters I took two semesters <laughs> of Italian.
0: <laughs> Both teachers... What? Yeah. One teacher was from Sicily. She tried to do the thing where she just spoke fluent Italian in the room, but we didn't know anything. So she was like, you'll pick it up. And I was like, we're here twice oh a week. We're here twice a week. This isn't like our grandma who lives with us. This is like... 8 a.m. twice. It was anyway. It was tough, but I, you know, an opera. I, I like opera. So anyway, then Lewis sure. Hamilton news comes and Ferrari and everybody's excited. And so we were like, tonight's the night. We're watching Ferrari. Michael Mann's Ferrari. Adam Driver, Shailene Woodley. Penelope Cruz is nominated for a SAG award. We were ready to watch Ferrari. Yeah, on Netflix uh, I, with ads. Uh, no, no, no. no yeah. yeah, where'd you watch it? Where'd you watch it? Um a st- theater. Um, no, we watched it at home. A screener, okay, cool. Yeah. I think I think everybody involved in making this movie should be fucking ashamed of themselves. Whoa. <laughs> I have truly and honestly- I wasn't expecting that, I had to reach for the on. button. I don't I think I said see, it. Yeah. Everyone should be ashamed of themselves. singular. Um, I haven't been this angry at a movie in, in years. This was- Damn, dude. I I don't want to come on this positive film podcast and shit on a movie, but- No, let it rip. I want to
1: hear it, because nobody has said great things, so I want to hear your opinion on why.
0: There's this thing in the NFL called Black Monday, where the Monday after the regular season, after the last regular season day, everybody who didn't make the playoffs has to go clean their locker out, and a lot of people have meetings with the executives, and some people go into those meetings, and you have no idea if you'll have a job at the end of that meeting. Every Mm. single person in this movie needs to have a Black Monday meeting. I want them to point fingers. I want them to blame. I wanna know what happened. The first place to start, these accents are a fucking travesty. Mm -hmm. And they're such a travesty that I actually looked up the word travesty. Here we go, you ready? (laughs) <laughs> actually, a false <laughs> absurd and distorted representation of something this is the least Italian movie I've seen in fucking years call me by your name is a more Italian movie than this and every character is American in it I mean yeah, an expert, it yeah. was these accents were just I, I actually can't believe the Ferrari family allowed this to print I can't believe they let this print you know, Adam Driver. This is his second time playing an Italian, and you could see yeah, I was it. Gonna say it. You could see it in his eyes. You could see, you could feel it that he wants what this character so wants. Are we, are but we talking you Russell
2: Crowe Zeus bad or like? I
0: mean, honestly, it's it's it was. I had to get up and walk around at, a, at certain points, but yes, they. It's his second time. Around. Yeah, Angela was like, "Is everything okay?" <laughs> Angela said, "Is everything okay?" And I said, they, "I said, I actually said, I actually said they shouldn't be allowed to work again." <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed to work again until oh we figure out God. what happened. Where was the accent coach? We played a game, I'm not kidding. So she speaks conversational yeah. Italian. I studied Italian in college. We played a game where when a new character came on the screen, we had to guess if they were supposed to be Italian or not because we couldn't know. Guys, this accent is so bad. Wow. If you don't know how someone communicates, you can't possibly be this character. And this is a mythic, fi- like an epic figure of Italian lore. And there was nothing Italian. It sounded like, like I don't even know, harsh, rugged, like terrible, like no whimsical anything. It was it was rat shit, horribly bad. This movie. Mm, I mean, dude. Michael Mann, Michael Mann. <laughs> it was stale. It was boring. I don't know what the point was. Was it greed? Was it ambition? Was it business? Was it the marriage between his wife? Was I, I have no idea what it's about. I don't. It was just stale. It was it was. We we have to stop making movies in other countries. I I feel like they ruined it for everybody now. All quiet on the Western Front, Squid Game. Just give it to the Italians and let them make their own movie. Because this was so inauthentic, it was terrible. And and everybody's been doing this. If you do watch this movie after me saying this, everybody has the same reaction when Shailene Woodley starts talking. You're gonna say, is she actually is she supposed to be Italian? There's no way. There's no possible way that she's supposed to be Italian in this movie.
1: There's no way. It is insane that he felt the need to cast two white stars i don't i haven't heard penelope's mm-hmm. accent i haven't seen it but she was good. It, sounds, it sounds spanish it sounds spanish yeah it sounds spanish so but i just don't understand why he went with the other two now now would you also agree with all uh, like every review that i've read about this movie has said the only cool thing about this movie that is really really impressive are the car scenes and the wreck and the ch- and the there's races. like
0: there's like 15 minutes of car scenes so yeah, those, okay. were, those were good. So, they, they, oh. did the, they, did a, they did a knockoff of The Godfather where everybody in the church was like timing because they could hear the engines. And you would think that would be cool, but there, everything was so stale up till that point that it wasn't like, there was no style. There was no excitement to get into it. It was just kind of like, here we are, and then this, and then this thing is coming, and then they're in the church, and then they're looking at their stopwatches. So I guess that huh. was cool that like, you yeah. know, the Godfather killing sequence. They can, they can hear the, the engines. The Have season. you ever been to a Formula One? No, I know they could hear no. the engines, like, but it I can, wasn't you can like you
2: hear the engines twenty miles away.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, this, yes, the the, the the sequence at the end was was awesome. the the actual race and and it was terrifying because bad things happened. But like, yeah, it's that stuff is cool. You know, you had to get through an hour and forty minutes of is, are they trying to be Italian or not to get there. It was it was a bummer. It's too bad, man. That's, was, that's was really, too bad. Was really too bad. It's really too bad. is right. I sent my friend yeah. a message. I sent my friend a message. Another big budget. I sent my friend a message. And it was Adam Driver. And again, I love Adam Driver as an actor. It was a scene of him. And then it was an interview of Enzo Ferrari. (laughs) And he just said, why the fuck did you send me this? I was having a good day. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Because it made him mad just reliving that movie again.
1: (laughs) Now, I'm a big fan of Adam Driver as well. But you and I have had this conversation many times. And I think it started with how I felt about him in the Star Wars movies. I know he's Juilliard trained. And... I, I don't think, um, I don't think you have to do accents and play people really far away from your type to be a great actor. And I, th- I feel like every time he gets cast outside of a contemporary American male, I'm frustrated. There's something that doesn't quite work for me with with him doing that. This is this another one of those cases where it's just there's just something about him mm. that doesn't translate as well into those kinds of international roles or a totally different financial class?
0: He knew what Enzo Ferrari probably felt having a secret wife or having a secret lover, having this wife who is a business partner and Ford wants to buy him out and Fiat and whoever else wants to buy him out and having all the pressure, he understood that. But if you don't understand how someone communicates, do you really know who they are? You know, if you really don't understand why- Richard
1: Gang would say, no, you do not. You absolutely do not. And to me, this is
0: one thing that makes Italians, especially Enzo Ferrari so amazing, is that even though he is this brute, you hear him talk and he still has this he still has that so to be a brute but to have that texture in your voice it, I mean can only can you imagine what that could have done to this performance but instead it was how could you talk to me like that this is a Maya wife you you do not know this thing like it was so not musical yeah. it, it was it was so harsh and just not realistic it, it wasn't honoring that world mm. it wasn't he wasn't in the world Sorry, Dave. Well, you Dave, heard, heard like, it here, like, folks.
1: <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Yeah, that is uh, not not worth the time, I guess. All right, let's All right. move on. It is let's, time let's to move that. on.
0: You totally, you. <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, you could play that a couple minutes ago for sure. It needed to be said. I almost,
1: wa- I almost watched it, so I'm glad you you set us straight. Hey, can you
0: can you please just skip it? Just watch. Please watch it. You want me to watch it? Yeah. So <laughs> he loves company. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: I will. All right, Ooh. people. We're going to talk about prisoners in one second here, but 2013, we got some world events. Woo. We got some shit going on in the film world. I'm going to keep it tight because I just chatted for a bit. So um, if you want to hear more, we talked about 2013 in our summer blockbuster, Face Off.
1: And, and another time.
0: And we also did another yeah. uh, three movie uh, segment with this, um, where we talked about, um, you know, what do we Wolf talk about? Of Wolf of Wall Street her.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: believe. And, and then we also and then did... Odd um, Thomas. Odd Thomas. Yeah, yeah that was our, wasn't really that bad <laughs> Sorry we were about doing that. that segment. No, it's okay. Anton Yelkin. <laughs> and, and, I love Anton that Yelkin. <laughs> Dave loves I'm yeah, buzzing it like, it like, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you, Anton Yelkin. So, do you remember... And we also... So, we talked about Iron Man 3 in our summer blockbuster face-off, but Iron Man 3 was not the highest grossing movie of 2013. Do you remember what was the highest grossing movie of 2013? Let it go. Yeah, oh it's it's yeah. Frozen. Yeah. It's gotta be right. It's yeah. gotta be Frozen. You gotta I listen to. I have a vague to
2: memory of having watched that
0: when Mark Monstroski <laughs> took my place, and the three of you praised Frozen while saying "fuck" as many times as he possibly could, talking about a Disney movie.
2: <laughs> that that also <laughs> held the record for the most buzzed episode for quite some time That's until right. Mark came on the until show Mark again. Mark
0: broke it. So Frozen <laughs> would go on to make and then a one, third time. Frozen would go on to make. <laughs> give or take $1.28 billion. It was the highest grossing Ah! female directed movie. (laughs) Frozen 2 would gross more than that. Um, But yes, and then Iron Man 3 also made more than a billion dollars at 1.21. Despicable Me 2 came in at 9.75. The Hobbit, Desolation of Smaug Mm. came in at 9.59. Surprisingly or not, almost all of that movie was abroad. The Hunger Games Catching Fire comes in at number five. And to round out the top 10, Fast and Furious 6, Monsters University, Gravity, Man of Steel, Thor, The Dark World. So Frozen had the mouse house behind it, but otherwise Gravity seems to be the only original IP to crack the top 10 in here. Mm. I should also say The Crudes and World War Z, because I love World War Z come in out there. And the Oz, Oz the Great and Powerful, I feel like is a movie that has just been forgotten by everybody, but yeah. that made $490 million. I mean, the I, I watched
2: it. I didn't mind it.
0: I think one of my favorite movies this year was uh, James Mangold's *The Wolverine*. It came out early in the year, and I think yeah. I saw it with at least one, if not both, of you. Wait, uh, is, old Wolverine, where really they thought going? he was gonna die. Is, he, the
2: yeah. Wolverine is the is that the second one?
0: That's um oh no oh, not James of, Mangold. Are you're that's, talking about um, Logan? No, yeah, fuck. You just buzzed me. No, man. You're talking I'm about
1: drinking. Wolverine with the samurai story. <laughs> the samurai story. That's the, right. That's yeah, it. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: the Wolverine. It's pretty cool. Yes. That's a cool one too. That's cool. Pacific Ring, Guillermo del Toro. Oscars were all Twelve Years of Slave versus Gravity, and um. Yeah, what and do you
1: Because he won this year, didn't he? For
0: McCona- McConaughey Club. and Jared Leto both won for Dallas Buyers Club. Cate Blanchett won Oscar number two yeah. for Blue Jasmine, kind of, and yes, wow. uh, a bunch of David O. Russell films. You know we're we're going crazy. So American Hustle was this year, but nobody won for that. Um, yeah, anything else stand out for you guys? Nope.
1: I mean, Wolf of Wall Street's on my face. We talked about that in Her. Absolutely fucking love those movies. Blue is the warmest color. Probably give the shout out to that. That did really well at Con. Yeah. Crossover. Hmm. Into the American market. Um, The Conjuring. We have done a few, I think, Conjurings. At least one or two at this point. I know we did three or four. Conjuring, the first one came out this year. Fucking, that's a great one.
2: I think Um, I sacked up and did two. Yeah.
1: (laughs) White House Down is a part of the Down trilogy. Yes. And I think yeah, they, yeah, that's have yeah, has we'll done do. one of one of those at least once or twice now at this point. Dude, I remember the I uh, remember yeah. the first
2: the first conjuring because nothing happened for so long. And I think that was what ruined me for other conjuring movies, cause like they're in the house and nothing's happening, but they're building tension, like something's gonna happen. And then finally mm-hmm. something happens, like that that chick on top of the wardrobe. And I'm sitting there at like eight PM watching, I'm like, fuck that. Daylights, I'm not, I'm turning this off till daytime.
1: And I, stopped, I literally stopped <laughs> yeah. the
2: movie and waited until the next day to watch to finish watching it. Pretty scary, dude. I can't we remember also how it had, ends. Um,
0: the Purge uh, came a out. A the first Blip. Purge came out this year. I didn't mind that. Wow.
1: God, they really banged those out, didn't they? I thought they came it, up yeah,
2: what six movies and a TV series? Unbelievable. What, TV series? unbelievable. Something
1: like that. This Niongo is also won an Oscar, uh, yeah. the year of um, Oblivion, which is the first time uh, Tom Cruise and Joseph sure. Kaczynski teamed up. So that gave oh. us Maverick eventually. Yeah. that's pretty pretty eventually. good pairing. Uh, yeah, that's good.
0: That's also, good. I should say Chivo, Emanuel Lubezki won his third Oscar. Wait, he's first of three Oscars in a row. So Gravity he would go on to go for Birdman and The Revenant. And three the in a, a row creating. for cinematography. Crazy. And Gravity took four years to do. Revenant, yet had to go all over the world of film. So the fact that he was able to do these, it's that's insane. What a run.
1: Did you mention this is the end? In your initial no, list. I
0: did not. I did not. <laughs> I like that movie a lot. <laughs> also, Fruitville Station will be one that history will remember thanks to Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan working together.
1: Oh God, Fruitville. So good. Yeah. So good.
0: All right. All right. On to prisoners, Denny Villeneuve, incredible cast, Hugh Jackman, Academy Award winner, Melissa Leo. Mm-hmm. Comes in there. Jake Gyllenhaal plays a cop. He loves playing these kinds of roles. Maria Bello comes in as Hugh Jackman's wife and in a role that just, just, I, I love seeing Viola Davis and it's, it's fun to go back in time seeing Viola Davis. And it's yeah. like, it's like she outgrew these roles. Like it, it took a while for her to like, I, I don't know what took so long for her, but at the same time, it's like, thank God, you know, cause it's, yeah. But yeah, yes. her, her and just Terrence member Sauer. of the even, cast. Even just, then
2: it was, she was still just a, a little bit standout though. Like, Projectile Tears, gentlemen. <laughs>
1: I mean <laughs> which,
0: Oh my I mean, those god. thing's are. so good. It's oh my so god, good. so good. And then of course Paul Dano, who I think at this in 2013 I feel like he was still finding his own after There Will Be yeah. Blood was like the greatest movie with the greatest performance ever and Paul Dano nobody praised that performance even though he was great. There was just it was such a interesting thing. And so like I feel like Paul Dano for a while was finding his way and this character, I mean I it
2: it really shows you should
1: how... watch that one day. Him, whoever <laughs> I've gotten to meet him before, and he's so fuck you, Dave, and he's so uh, he's such a nice guy. Oh yeah. Whoever his reps are, they all seem to be on the same page that, of course, he's not a leading man in the sense of the tall, dark, and handsome movie star, or whatever. And they have just made the most of that. He mm. has had so many wonderful supporting roles, from creepy to sweet. I thought he was fucking incredible in um, Spielberg's movie. We played his dad the fuck was that called? oh um the
0: fablemans yeah he was fablemans. great as, as
1: fablemans. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean he really has just run the gamut and to see him that is probably the, the straightest role he's ever on, played too yeah for sure yeah. this one that one or the uh straight isn't just like not creepy like yeah. not too affected yes yeah, yeah yeah um for the courage it takes to take mm-hmm. on a role like this i mean
0: Oh my god, yeah.
1: It's a risk, dude. Like so what? easy easy to hate, easy to judge, easy to feel a lot of things about, to,
0: you know. He's coming right after so um Z- uh Zoe um uh Kazan is, is is I think they're still right they're still partners, life partners. Um right. so you know, he did that Ruby Sparks the year before, but being Flynn with De Niro and then Looper, yeah, I mean he, he did that like weird like where he like put on muscle and was like all of a sudden a brute in Looper and then this. Which also came out the same year as Twelve Years a Slave, in which he plays, you know, a, a yeah. racist like a not wrangler. A, yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> like he's, you are obviously not trying to get the leading man roles with that docket, yeah. <laughs> but um, but but working with the with the best. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Love and Mercy would come out the next year, so, you know, didn't stop. But anyway, enough about Paul. But great job in mean, he, here.
2: I mean, he is one of the best character actors I've seen come out. Like he might be the next generation of like really good character actors.
0: He's <clears>
1: fantastic. Um, I know you loved him a lot in the Batman,
2: too. Oh, yes, I mm-hmm. did. Mm-mm. Will we see
1: him again in that universe? Maybe. Maybe. They didn't kill him in that, right? No, they didn't. Yeah, I think we'll see him again yeah. in that universe.
0: All right. So here's the setup. I'm going to read the description, and then we can go around, because I'm assuming we all did this rewatch, right? We'd all seen this before, of course. Uh, and we should also say, if we had a Mount Rushmore, meaning a top four of people on this podcast that we worship the ground that they walk on. Daniel Day-Lewis probably looms, he's probably like above it. He's probably like the angel who kind of <laughs> haunts everybody. But then- it's like Buddha. <laughs> Mark, M- Mark Rylance is probably on there somewhere. Yes, but he is. Pr- probably securely like in that center spot, one of those two center spots, is Roger Deakins, who was the cinematographer on our first ever podcast where he <laughs> talked about 1917. <laughs> the Australian himself, Dave's boy, Roger Deakins who he, shot this He movie. was a He was gold for the old segment uh, how the fuck did they
2: do that that we used to do because the dude is constantly inventing shit
0: well we'll talk about him later I want to do the setup so and I, just, I, I, love, just I love incredible. in the Deacons podcast which John got us all to listen to where they'll ask him they'll be like I was trying to figure out how to do this shot and then I remember Roger you did a shot like this in this movie so I tried to figure out how you did that and then I did it and it's just really cool when people say that to him and yeah. he's proud of that (laughs) he's like thank you for stealing my shot i really appreciate that that's really sweet of you that's kind thank you it's like oh what a a sweet person and of course that he works with his wife james yes his wife james it's amazing okay here is the send-off when keller dover's daughter why do they even do that when hugh jackman's daughter no names
1: (laughs) it's a rule we don't we're not supposed to write names in log lines you're right come on when keller dover yeah names
0: anyway when hugh jackman's daughter and her friend go missing he takes matters into his own hands as the police pursue multiple leads and the pressure mounts. Now, I I would say, because I forgot,
2: I saw this so long ago, because I, I, I saw it when it came out in 2013, and I, I forgot how this ended. So I, I want to not spoil
0: the ending. Did you forget, forget? Because I forgot and then... I remembered. You know what I mean? No, I I, I forgot. Forgot. Like, um, there was like, I, I remembered the very,
2: very end, but I forgot the resolve of like hmm. where it all ends up. When I, think up. I think we can I, say
1: no, it, man. I think we can say it. No, we'll or get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, yeah, get we'll, we'll get there. We'll turn spoilers right, on later. But
2: all right, all right. Uh, for now, uh, let's not mention that bit. What'd you think? What'd you feel? Sure. Yeah, Dave, go for it. You started talking. Well, okay. <laughs> Jeez. For the first time I saw this, it was the first film I'd ever seen at Alamo Drafthouse. Um, oh, cool. So I wow. think, I, I, think was, like, I walked out going, that was intense and great. And, but that, that was about it, I left it at that. Um, and I feel like I was a little bit distracted by, or, like overstimulated by the whole environment and stuff. Because on this Thank rewatch- ordering the yeah, right? dinner yeah. next to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And on this rewatch, <laughs> fucking brilliant. Like I'm, yeah, I'm sitting dude. there, I'm sitting there <laughs> salivating over some of these shots and the lighting setups and stuff. I started like I took a break and started looking up the because uh, Roger will actually publish maps of how he lit stuff and stuff like oh, that. So cool. I, got, I started going into all the technicalities of it, um, like the, the rest stop scene where the the camper van is, how they lit that and what they had to do to that, and the fact that the location was so fucking hard to find because nothing fit. And uh, oh. It's, it was an interesting thing to hear him talk uh, to read him talking about the the fact that when they were setting up for that shot, they had to find a location that was close enough so they could do something else because it was a quick shot that they could do in like a night. So they had to have something yeah. nearby so they could utilize their time properly. So they had to find something else to shoot in the general area after they'd like or like before they'd done the shot. Yeah, it
1: was,
2: it was. I think that's... It was quite fun to get a little insight into that logistics, but uh, I, I enjoyed this thoroughly. And my wife hadn't seen it, and she sat down next to me, and she took the ride. Man, it was so much fun watching her take the ride of watching this movie because it's intense. It's like at points frustrating. It, but it it's just a all round like like your jaw will drop at least once during this movie.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, dude. I. Uh... I too, I think, have actually only seen this once. And for somehow, some reason, some why, I don't think I saw it in 2013 because I know I watched this when I was watching all that film period in like 2015, 16, 17, when I was still living with you guys and I was just watching everything. I think I watched everything Denis made then. And I remember being like, how did I miss this? Um, So this is probably my second time watching it. And it's one of those movies that... It does get talked about a lot on the Deacon's podcast. People like talking to him about it, and he refers to it a lot. So it's kind of stayed in my mind. So it wasn't like I forgot anything major. But I think it's just like the period of movie making that we're in right now. Um, And this was kind of a rare bird when it came out, too. But we just don't have a lot of feature films that are this uh, pedestrian. Like, a lot of, like, the set pieces are just suburban America. I think it was shot in Stonewall or Stone Mountain, Georgia. Yeah. Mm. Um, It looks like where I grew up. Like, it's just, it's anywhere. And there are some stars in it, but they're not, it's not, you know, they're not the biggest A-list stars in the world. It's an ensemble, too. Yeah. And at this time, Denis Villeneuve was not a monster director yet. So it was just one of those movies Mm. that they used to make tons of these kinds of movies. And, you know, pre pre-superhero phase, pre-franchise phase. And uh, I think that's why it's so special still, that it's just so refreshing to see uh, a lot of really amazing feature film level talent. And I'm not discouraging anybody who's not that, I'm not saying to qualify, but they are. Some of the greatest directors, cinematographers, and really great actors coming together with a good script. This is what can happen. And um, it just kind of made me feel like, um, you know, real life is enough. (laughs) I saw this last night after seeing poor things during the day. And I'm not gonna lie, there was a part of me when I was watching Poor Things that was like, I'm kind of excited to just experience reality tonight when I sit down for prisoners, because well, there's do so it. much beautiful Yeah, those two <laughs> movies
0: <laughs> are uh, <clears throat> Yeah, here totally here. different, right? Yeah, um, neither of which <laughs> are, <laughs> are, are gonna make you horny, that's for sure, it's like, you know. it's Sure, like, uh, sure, sure.
1: Not that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I don't
1: know. But uh, not that kind <laughs> Roger has said, <laughs> <I> mean, Jesus <laughs>
2: Christ, David. What you just see The snakes. <laughs> the character's name's Alex Jones, and he spends most of the time getting the shit beat out of him. I, I wrote would. that. He did that. that he did that on He
0: did that on purpose. I don't care <laughs> if this is a book or not. He's sitting there. He's like, I'm making Alex Jones this guy. Like, come on.
1: <laughs> Who knows, dude? I think. Um, I think I'm gonna quote Roger Deakins here, just because he's he's so right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just kissing Denis Villeneuve's ass, but this kind of story at its at his at its heart and center. Is a, is a crime mystery. You know, and that's it. Mm. Like, we've seen millions of those. They're on procedural yeah. television. There's plenty of feature oh films God. that have them. Oh, my God, tons. So what what makes this so unique and what Deakins always says for why they say yes to projects are usually directors and their vision. And I think mm. he was so impressed with Ensemble, the first uh, one that really broke through. He had made two, or two other features before, Denis Villeneuve, but they just wanted to work with the guy who made that movie. And the tension that he and Roger create is just it's so masterful that most people would look at a movie that's set in the suburbs and say it's not cinematic mm. but it is one Dave, of the most favorite word. dramas have you, have you heard how this
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this came yeah. about actually because the first time he met roger was at the academy awards um and they that's introduced good. each other one like, of the 14 times other, and he's was like, nominated oh. before he and, won. yeah and, and he's like <laughs> oh you and know i'd really like things. the chance to work with you at some point and straight after that he handed him the, the script for prisoners I mean, like it just happened this to be is a serendipitous. Really,
1: this is a really, really special one, you guys. I also heard on the Deacons podcast, and I don't think I'm not speaking out of, out of school or anything. The guy was on the podcast talking about it, but one of the producers for Prisoners and Sicario, and he's produced um, with some other really big names who are now like Chris Nolan, he produced Memento with him. And this guy tends to work at, um, at that kind of level. He doesn't make the gigantic franchise movies, this producer. And he was talking about how Roger was asking him, you know, would you want to work with Denis again? And he said, no. And he was and he was like, oh, wow, why? And he was like, well, him and Chris, and he listed somebody else. He was like, they don't need you and me anymore. Like we we caught them at a time when we we made a movie together. Wow. This prisoners and Sicario mm. were a collaboration. Mm. And I'm not again. I love Denis Villeneuve, and but I knew what he meant. You know, nobody tells Chris Nolan, and Denis Villeneuve what to do anymore. They get whatever they want, and every gigantic feature they make, and th- that is something. Just I was very mindful of that watching it this time. That like apparently so does this was a guy who was up and coming with one of the greatest cinematographers in the world with hungry and happy producers who were excited to work on you know edgy material with a great cast of actors who had never worked with them before it took everybody to make this and i think that's why it's so special
2: hmm.
1: anyway jeff what do you think dude
0: i remember the first time i watched this movie i i watched it with Eddie and aaron and i i can't remember if it was still with you know, still chris at the time but we i remember them saying like we should watch this movie I think they said the director, it's Hugh Jackman, he's doing this kind of role. And it was like, and just so you know, Paul Dana, it's like, this is kind of what it's about, Jake. And I, it was just so heavy and it's it's hard to watch with a group. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah. I we, we rented yeah. it too. It was definitely at home. It was not in the theater, I'm sorry to say. And it's not that I was like afraid to go back there, but it was just one of those where I knew that it was a big, heavy thing, you know? And, and yeah, there's a million things like True Detective that are out there now and have been there before. And, you know, these things that, whether or not they the pieces of the, the puzzle pieces come and fit together is obviously gonna be something, but the characters, what why Hugh but I re, I I remember what I remembered about this movie. I remembered the imprisonment that Hugh does. I remember um, I didn't remember the the ending until I started watching it and then I was like, Oh my god, right, that's what happens. Which was not like bummer, like, oh I already know. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. how do they get there you know that that was that interesting fucking this car time. yeah <laughs> every I shot really... of the
1: house that car is in the foreground well, and like, then, ah, and the then even even
0: more things like the medallion Like um, everything you know, that comes up was yeah. telegraphed in earlier the, in the film the whistle the sock like yeah. the little things like the the the, the tom the peeping tom the guy from the dark Knight rises that it's like the, the crazy guy or the, the guy from yeah. the dark Knight, not the dark Knight rises that they kidnap and he can't speak because he's um, that poor guy, what role he cast in? Is David, David Des- Des- yes! Des- <laughs> he was on the Deegan's podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah he's also in that the, was a great he's episode. also in Suicide Squad. The Suicide
2: right. Squad. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's a fantastic character actor as well.
0: I, I think that, yeah. I think obviously the direction's great. The performances really are great. This really is Hugh being great. And this isn't Hugh like going for an Oscar. It's not one of those. So even, I feel like we'll probably held him back in that awards stuff, not that it's about awards. It's just that because we've seen so many movies of this kind of thing, because it's not that niche you know it's not like that specific one and only like i can't imagine anybody else doing this but i mean this is this is hugh unlike like like you'll never see him but i think i think two things i wasn't kidding when i
2: said it was one of his most unlikable characters it's brilliant but you kind of don't like the guy
0: i think um the two things that really stand out and and you i guess i wouldn't notice this on the first rewatch the first watch i mean but It's outside. We've seen so many movies, Killing of Sacred Deer comes to mind where, or even any like of those Jennifer Lawrence indies, where the camera's moving, you're outside, the lighting, lens flares, like it's hard to make it look, not, I don't wanna say beautiful because obviously the color palette and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. Most of it's like outside. Most of it's in these shitty places. And it's the characters, pop without needing help in a weird way that it's like, it really is, the cinematography really is brilliant. What it took to do Gravity, Chivo deserved an Oscar for sure. But you know what else deserves an Oscar, maybe? Is doing the same fucking movie that everybody does and making it look better than everybody else's. This just looks better than everybody else's without compromising the fact that it feels shitty and bleak and dry and dull and the colors are boring and everybody's poor and everybody's houses is crumbling and they can't pay for fertilizer on their lawn. How do you make that look in such a way that I'm not thinking about that, but I know I'm watching some compelling film. It, it's brilliant, and also the it's, it's score, so much guys. Fun
2: too, because he uh, he used the a lot screen. of practicals. Um, we'll get back to the score in yeah, a second. Sure. He used a lot of I practicals that in too. that, but there's also like the big HMI sitting just out, uh, just like out of range. Yeah, some of, and some of them are literally just to backlight the rain because the rain machine they had yeah. was huge. It had to have cranes, wheeled sure. in and all sorts of shit.
0: A lot of rain in this. that is was yeah. used. Yeah, Jeff,
1: I love before before we go to score. I love how you just said that might be the Deacon-esque quality. You may have just finally articulated, what did you say, the characters don't need any help? The way that they're, the way he captures them, Mm -hmm. that they're just pop, like they're just there. And there's like a naturalism to the way they're presented. It doesn't feel overly expressive with the cinematography. It's just enough to make you feel like that is probably what it would feel Mm -hmm. like if only those gas station tops Fluorescents were lit, and we were a hundred feet away from them. And Jake was walking toward us. That is it's, probably what yeah. it would look like. It's just it's in the perfect fucking position yeah. so that it's a little freakier. Yeah,
2: it would, I think he yeah, yeah. had been the like that, ten
1: yards to the right. I think the reason it would have been less like that
2: is because he, like every time, like every lighting setup is different. He creates what he needs for the look, and it's it's like a cinema's, cinematographer's job to decide how to capture what the film should look like, and he does this every single time to the project like it's it's not like oh i did this so i'll just set up this setup again it's everything is original it's the tone is for the individual project um so in this case it was a lot of like natural light practicals and you know that that sort of stuff and it i think he's when he's making these decisions he's not thinking about awards and nominations and shit like that he's thinking about 100 percent about what's best for the project
0: well, I feel like he's a sub, he's submissive. Obviously, he's like important. Obviously, he, he knows his value and everything, but he really does want to service the story and the director so much mm. that how could you even think about awards when you have such a task ahead of you? It's like yeah. that 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 kind of thing. You know, he'll he'll go to an award show for a movie that's so far in his rearview mirror because he's so obsessed with these things. But honestly, how does the director, I'll just try to choose some like similar ones, Fargo to O Country, right? Or sorry, No Country for Old Men, both like bleak, dark movies in the middle of nowhere to this, they all look a little different. You're not surprised that it's the same cinematographer, but how, how does he do that? How is this different from Fargo? Like, how does he make this look so specific? It's brilliant. And, mm. but I do think, I do think one thing, and it, the touch is perfect, and they only noticed that because of a rewatch, is John's boy, Johan Johansson. I mean, this score, Ooh, he could do a flashy, do. he could he could do a flashy score, right? He, didn't he do the theory of everything? Like he, he could do that mm-hmm. beautiful, and he, there were some of those moments in here, but this, it's the most beautiful score that you wouldn't think about in this kind This is kind of movie. This I is, can't remember it what has, it was. I didn't notice ex- exactly, it yeah. Exactly! Exactly! And score it was fucking the,
1: gorgeous. Did you notice too, Jeff, how long they wait to introduce it this time? The whole opening sequence yeah, goes by it felt until different. the kids get taken. Yeah. Uh, so they become prisoners. The same, it has the same quality of mourning that Howard Shore mm-hmm. scored to ah, Silence of the that, Lambs has. Sorry. Like that Silence of the Lambs Howard Shore score. Like this yeah. has that that lamenting, like there is something, the orchestration is just absolutely gorgeous. R.I.P. Johan Johansson. R.I.P. Um, guys, we haven't even really said his name and talked about him too much, but if if the cop wasn't interesting enough, yeah. you know, we, we've talked about, we've had this conversation mm-hmm. a few times, where what makes a crime drama more than just the mystery of the of the solving the crime? It's acting. It's characters. Some of that comes from script, of course. Some of that comes from direction. A lot of it comes from the actor. And I just, I was so impressed with Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know yeah. if you liked him a lot no, on this I said Zodiac is my favorite <laughs> Jake. This
0: is my favorite Jake. And you know what I love too? They didn't tell us too much about him. I didn't no. need, I didn't yeah. need to know anything else about It's all character, it's all acting, dude. It's this moment, I, he solves his crimes. He's figuring this out. He's single, that's all I need to know.
1: I remember on his Deacon's podcast interview, he was talking to them about when he was younger, he used to kind of not either, I'm not, I'm not going to try to quote him because I don't remember exactly, but it was basically a range of indifference to what the camera was doing or ignorance, basically. Mm. And he was talking about as he's gotten older and especially in working with them, uh, it's not just because they're them, all the things we were just saying about how brilliant the cinematography is, but it's the style that they were bringing to this particular picture. He was telling Roger something along the lines of, it really does help to know what you guys are doing to help me make your job and my job as efficient and as as expressive as possible. To know like why you're shooting me. When I come over and bang that keyboard on the ground and might put my head down, what is that angle doing for me? You know why the the shitty actor might try to cheat up so you can kind of see the eyes or something or look up or something. And you know, why is the camera there and what does that actually do for me to hide from them? And to just like, you know, just Mm -hmm. like cower. And I just, I just thought everything he did, and and obviously I haven't read the script, so I don't want to, I don't want to say that this wasn't in the characterization on the page. But he brings a tick, yeah, to the role,
2: which also, apparently also the tattoos role. His like, idea. That's
1: great, man. That's great. All the characterization, it never went too far for me. Even in a small town, you mm-hmm. would think like, what's this guy? Why is he here? Well, what is in the script, and why Jake Gyllenhaal's? I think did a brilliant job. Tension between him and his captain that was just enough of a justification for me to think he either was just you know He was never supposed to be here and he's just pushing against the grain of where he's from or he got transferred here And he just doesn't like the captain and he's not really from these parts, but he's a great detective Mm -hmm. Hmm. Which you know both of those elements exist in tons and tons of crime mystery and crime drama But I just thought everything fucking clicked and everybody seemed to know that it's nobody's movie yeah. It's nobody's movie. It's right. our movie. And we all just need to show up and work with each other moment to moment. And that because of that, seamlessly, uh, I'll just pick one moment. When Jake goes to his car right after his first interview with Hugh Jackman and, um, God damn it, you guys, what's your name? Oh, Maria Bella. And he's in his car and out comes Hugh. Hey! Hey! And he's like, God damn it. Or, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And you immediately go from, you're inside the car, we're with probably... I'm, I'm, maybe I'm speaking for you guys, but I felt like I was with Jake Gyllenhaal's perspective. And then within that same fucking framing, just from the storytelling, I felt Hugh Jackman's perspective when he was talking to him about the point he was making then about, you're not going to let him out, are you? Right. You're man. not going to fucking let him out. And just the way this movie pushes and pulls between perspective, it doesn't feel like you're lost in an objective, you know, eye. It feels emotional. You start to feel for all of them somehow, which I think is yeah. really difficult to do when it's not a totally subjective, single protagonist journey. And I think that's the biggest takeaway I had this time. I was like, how do I care about everybody so much? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's staggering how they pulled that off.
0: Dave, can you talk What do you guys think? Oh, sorry, John, you, sorry. Just, yeah, you asked a question.
1: No, I was just going to say, what did you think of... What did you think of how they framed, how they made you feel about Paul Dano this time? Maybe, maybe, like, did you feel the same way the first time you watched it? No. Nope. Because he might be the only one who they do a good job of keeping... He's way... He's really far away from us, right? We don't really get to know him very well. Yeah. And
2: I think that's... Except in that one interrogation crucial. scene where he's oh, there right up on that him. That got you? And he's, and he's like, please don't touch me. And he's, like, turning towards the camera. That was, that was quite intimate. And, like, you feel, intimate. you feel attacked. Um, the shot I do love... Is uh, that it kind of, I guess it involved him, is when they cut to the kids walking away from the van and it's just mm. cropped in that window. And it's, oh. it's not a Dutch tilt, it's slightly off kilter, so the angles are wrong, but your eye can't quite tell why at first. Yeah. And, it, and like, how about
1: the, how about the, this, God, the filmmaking in this movie is so simple. In that shot, a single footstep in the sound design <laughs> that somebody is walking toward the window. Mm. It's not too, he's not s- gluing his face to it, just a shift in his weight as he watches
2: the children go away. Yep. <laughs> yeah. it's it's like- also I the subtle things like with dirtying the dirtying the frame up um, when they wanted to build tension they were doing, because this is essentially a thriller movie shot like a horror movie. So like, they do the Ooh. push-ins like the fast push-ins for like to make the, the location seem ominous and they're doing these push-ins but there's a tree in the foreground and the camera pushes shot, the camera pushes That's just true. too close to that, like it's like right in your face, and it's dirtying up the shot, like almost half the shot. And you're like, you you start to find yourself involuntarily leaning back because it's like, why the fuck is this tree so close to me?
1: Everybody, all the Deacons, all the guests bring up that shot at some point to him. He's yeah. Like, oh yeah, the tree. You know, he's like, <laughs> even the producer, when they were telling, he was like, I almost like asked you, like, what the hell are you guys doing? Why are we setting up for a fucking tree shot? And, but everybody talks about the. You don't even want to try to articulate yeah. it, but that ended up saying something. There's, not a, human, there's not a human there's not a human to be squeezed. seen. Yeah. It does uh, It's like and a similar shot in location. Sicario. Jeff that shot I love so much in Sicario. I think I pressed pause on it. It was like when he when you're inside the house and they discover the dead bodies yeah, in the yeah. beginning and he just Roger just fucking pans gently over to the wires in the wall. Boom. And it explodes it's like he just oh, sits yeah, and lingers yeah. too long on just the, the fucking electrical wires in the wall. Yeah. Oh my god, it's just ah.
0: yeah. Um I think Paul the thing for me that caught this time and, and it was I don't remember if I remembered the ending yet if that if, let me say that again so it's clear. Yeah. I, I'm not quite sure I remembered the ending I, at some point, I don't know if I remember the ending when Paul says the line to Hugh Jackman. And I think we can when, talk.
2: We can talk about it now. I'll, I'll okay, turn the spoilers on. Yeah, turn the spoilers over, on. So
0: everyone in uh, on YouTube land. And, and can. I'll I'll ease into it to say. I'll put it this way: the first time I watched it, I was like, Hugh's out of his fucking mind. This is crazy. It's insane. I know why he wants to do it, but he takes it too far. It's insane. It's crazy, etc." This time, I was like, "He has to kid, He has to do that." because mm. the line popped and I heard it and it was clear. And if I'm Hugh and I hear that line, uh-huh. that is, if, if you're playing poker, that's, I'm all in. If somebody sits there and goes, well, fuck, I got nothing. It's like, I'm all in. He literally goes, then they cried when I left them. <laughs> all in, chips all in. I'm yep. in, I'm in, dealer, I'm in. Yep, yep. And it's so sad. And subtle. then at the
1: end, when he's, the last time Hugh is like desperately just standing next to his box. Yeah. God, the sound editing is so brilliant. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think it's in performance, because I really doubt that Paul was on the other side of that wall while they were just shooting Hugh for his. It wouldn't singles. surprise me. Maybe he was, but you can, there is overlapping dialogue. He's locked him it's in a box a for like six days. <laughs> Unbelievable. Paul Dano's character says, I only wanted to play with them.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh. And he says, What oh. did you say? And he's like, what did you say? And and he, and he just, you never hear it very clearly again. And mm. then Hugh starts talking about something else and he whispers it one more time. And he's like, tell tell me what you just said. Yeah. Oh, um, my like, God. And that shot so, on, that in shot the, end, the eye
2: as well. Oh, there. Yeah, dude. That was fucking terrifying. Fucking true black.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Just like, yeah. just literally special. I don't want to see the body. I don't want to see an outline of a body. I don't yep. want any highlights behind him or anything. Just give me black. Um, I'm gonna pee my. Yeah, I'm, gonna yeah, pee, I'm, gonna pee, about...
0: I'm gonna pee my brains out. I can't wait for you guys to tell me about this. Uh, my Ferrari rant got a lot of beer in me, so you guys. Um, yes, it did. I can't we wait will. to listen back to
1: tomorrow. We will continue. We will continue. Um huh,
2: That's usually me.
1: <laughs> or we can just pause. No, it's you fine. You can just fucking we, we edit just keep that. talking.
2: That's right.
1: fine. Dude, the. I mean, story-wise, you know, we're all getting older. I think one reason this story, this movie, did not succeed as well as it maybe could have, is because I, I bet anybody with children can't watch this movie. You know, just yeah, probably. no desire, cannot watch it. It never is never gonna mean, go close yeah, to it.
2: It's a, t- it's a bit of a tough watch. Like every especially since everyone <laughs> is so convincing.
1: So convincing. It's like, terrifying. It's everybody's worst there's nightmare. Not, there's
2: like not one standard reaction. Every single one of these characters is reacting differently to having their kids take it.
1: So I'm curious though, because you said in his least likable role, but for me, especially on the second rewatch, I think Paul is accountable. He took those kids to her he, and he knows he did, the whole time. He, mm. might, he might, despite his mental challenges and however we want to like frame his, you know, his mental ability Jackman, and least, his like trauma. That was you, Jackman, no, 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 That's both. what I'm saying, yeah, is, that, is that I actually, all Paul had to do was tell the truth. Yeah. All he had to do was admit that he took, that he brought them over to her. And you know, I'm not taking anything away from his past trauma. Mm. I loved this time putting the dots Although, together yeah, of how she does specifically. Says, was, like
2: he chose to not say things, so he, he keeps everything inside. He didn't he doesn't say much I, at yeah, all. Yeah, that was such a good line. Yeah.
1: He got too specific with his word choice or yeah. something like that. That was yep. really great. Dave, help me pick this out because I just want to clarify some story things. We learn from the preacher that the man who came to him, which was Melissa Leo's husband, you find out later, mm. it confessed to killing 16 children. Yes. Does that mean that 17 and 18 were not killed because they were Paul Dano and, what's his name? David yeah.
0: Dalmastian. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta, Is that right? It's yep. got to be right. Yeah, okay. that's, that's, why, that he that was, that was that's why he was
2: drawing the, the maze and all the, the
0: time. And the, and the snakes. Why that, were they alive? The snakes bumped me out.
2: The snakes bummed me out? <laughs> bummed you, out. you didn't <laughs> yeah. like that part? Why well,
0: they're always snakes. Um, fucking
2: snakes and fucking. It's funny because yeah. my wife picked the, uh, like, what was like the crime, but the solution to the crime basically at the ninety-minute mark, give or take. And then what did uh, she say? She says, oh, this this person did it, and I'm like, okay, and I I kind of jogged a memory. I'm like, oh, shit, she's right, and uh, then that one scene where the stuff gets knocked off the table, like, when he, after he's smashing the key the keyboard and she like the the you can see the pendant oh, on the yeah, body yeah, those pendant, and it's yeah. just sitting there in the corner and dude she was up on her knees on the couch like banging her fist like fucking look to your right <laughs> she got so worked up it was, it was it was would, hell dude. funny
1: yeah uh you guys remember that but, screenwriting rule that i told you i learned about like how convenience is okay <laughs> as long as it makes your character's journey more difficult it can't be <laughs> like a, oh good so like how, what a fucking coincidence and a lovely circumstance that joy escapes yes right that the that the uh, Terrence davis's child mm. escaped and somehow their child did not mm. but look at the consequences of that yeah well i right? think back right? to we your, have back three to your massive question. failures back
2: to your early you say, question say I, back to your earlier question about why those two survived um i think yeah the boys yeah, yeah. i think at that point they started killing when their son died of cancer Right, and I think they they progressed enough yeah, cause there's a God in that their psychosis yeah. to miss their son and want to replace him.
0: But yeah, basically, I think they kind of mm. admi- they kind of admitted that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, word yeah. against God. So, yeah. so
0: they picked a, a son who um, picks up a dog like that when he walks them.
2: Yeah. Ooh,
1: ooh, Jeff. When you were gone, I was saying that I I was pushing back on Dave's uh, that Hugh's the least likable character here because I think Paul is a thousand percent accountable. I was just saying because he, he yeah. took the children to her and he knows that they kill
0: children. And he and you know what? He knows enough to to know that if he sold out his if, mom, the children would be saved and he didn't do it. I think I he don't know knew if that. he
2: knows they kill children. Because he was think, taken when he was
0: like he, he, younger. He, he he knows if he tells them, the police, Hugh Jackman, whoever, your two kids are there, that they'll have and, their kids again. And,
1: and remember, Dave. Uh, Melissa Leo literally says when she's holding the gun when Hughes in the Trans Am, she says, "By the way, I think you should know, he didn't want me to keep them. He wanted to take them back. He just wanted to play with them. I'm the one who made him mm. let me keep them. So he fucking knew, dude. Like he fucking knew. And it, you know what? It is like I'm not just. Dis- I'm not." The theme, I'm not fighting with you, Dave, but everybody's a prisoner. Their mission succeeds. They yeah. turned the parents yeah. into demons, into monsters, willing to do anything. But I still would have done the same fucking thing. If that, <laughs> Jeff, you're right. If that guy had said that to me and he had my little child, I would do that's it, fu- yeah. I would do anything to him. Like I mean, is, the, my sorry, gonna, but, is my
0: husband gonna go
2: to jail? Probably. It's like, yeah, that's that well, probably remind yeah. me to never stay in John's fucking Airbnb.
1: Don't take my kids, Dave. (laughs) Don't take my fucking. (laughs) Guys, we're not going to have any
2: issues if you don't fucking. (laughs) You you promised me your firstborn. What are you talking about? (laughs) Guys,
0: how great is it that what. So Jake goes and interviews as many of the sex offenders as he can. How great is it that the one's a priest and he was actually trying to do good by by basically serving penance by kidnapping worse sex offenders? Come on, that's good. Mm. Oh, you bastards. (sighs) So
1: good. That whole middle section is is so tense, and the very horror movie kind of thing you were saying, Dave. Like mm. just the that little montage in the middle of just yeah. We're now we're like we're deep in a crime, murder, mystery, and he's like interviewing yeah. really sketchy characters. Anything is possible. Freaky basement. That basement didn't have to look like that. No. You know what I mean? But like, I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they fucking dropped him into a dark hole. Yeah. And it was you know, like painted all well, weird. Also, and they they love doing
2: that as well. Like you got. um in, certainly in one other basement, you got the door open, you got the frame of like the square of light at the top of the stairs, and then the torch lit the rest of the scene. Same deal when he dropped down there, you got the square light on the floor and the torch lit the rest until he found the light switch. That was that was thematic. They were doing that all the way through. Because you drop in, yeah. and you're trapped in that square.
0: Do you know how do you know how with gun control we want red flag laws except they'll never pass um, because uh, Republican donations come from healthcare companies who profit off of death and destruction. Jesus. <laughs> Great segue, yes. motherfucker. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I, yes, I do know what you're talking about. It's very profitable business. People go into hospitals if you didn't know that. Anyway. Yeah, no, I know. How is Paul Dano allowed to buy and have this RV? There have to be red flag laws against that. He can his character it's not his.
1: Dude, 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 remember in the background of her husband's picture is the R V. Yeah. It was her it was her husband's. He did have but a how license. How did he get though. a fucking license?
0: Yeah, How get a the fuck did he get a license? Okay, yeah.
2: I mean Dude, I, I I remember having someone tell me the story of how they came here from uh the Philippines where they bribed the person they were taking the test and got a license in the philippines and then came here and swapped it for an american one because every other state except new york will just swap it over for you so they never actually learned to drive or took a road test no you're right man you're right (laughs) also
0: i should be clear it's not just the healthcare companies profit off of tax and destruction it's because they've sold out you guys can have chaos and killing each other as long as we have tax breaks so it's a really good trade-off that they have but i think that um, yeah, they're doing
1: great they got everything they wanted (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think that um, the that house, unfortunately, that the RV is parked in front of looks a whole lot like my grandma's house in Whippany, New Jersey. It looks and like
1: every house in my fucking neighborhood. That, yeah, uh, this, that yeah, neighborhood it is...
0: Just like, and I was like, damn it, fuck. I was like, I know this, this is This movie not a made good me want to watch... It looks um, just like my grandparents' house. Different, when but was similar. the last time
1: you guys watched um, Bones and...
0: Lovely Bones. Lovely Bones. Yeah. I, like, I put that, that like, I, I, like I called easier. it the Lovely Bones house. I literally called it the Lovely Bones house.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Stanley Tucci? Guys, yeah, yeah, one I of mean... the best
0: stories is Ryan Gosling gaining all this weight for the role because that was in the book and then Peter Jackson firing him because he didn't look attractive anymore. And he said, the guy is supposed to be, look where he lives, look at this house. This guy doesn't work out as much as me. Uh, I, I have a trainer and a, and a fucking chef. This guy <laughs> does not yeah. have that. He <laughs> looks like your average American who's sad and unhappy because this is the house he lives in. And, and therefore, wasn't,
2: wasn't Ryan Gosling's the producer's idea though? I heard he didn't want him in the first place. For Lovely
0: Bones. Yeah, so was he, he going to play Stanley Tucci's role? No, he was going to play Wahlberg's child? role. They flipped. Wal- so if you walk role. back, Wahlberg did that role. He, he pulled a Paul Dino. Do your voice again, by the way. Do, do the voice. Hey, I know you like some chickens. I have chickens too. <laughs> we got to get out of here, guys. Come on. Oh, Jesus. It's kind of John Heater, but it's, you know, it's both. We have oh to go. God. Guys, come on. <clears throat> He's good in The Departed. <laughs> I like Mark. Also, guys, come on. Mark Wahlberg co-produced this movie with his partner Stephen Levinson and a whole bunch of other people. Come on, Mark
1: Wahlberg.
2: Marky Mark. Oh, this went through a couple of iterations, too, before it was actually produced, so... No Make doubt, yeah. God,
1: I'm just so glad it got made. Uh, I just want to call out a couple scenes. Like, I don't know if there were any like standout scenes or sequences
0: for you guys. That, yeah, when they murdered the whole... a deer on camera, that was really kind of them. I hope they ate that deer. Also, can PETA back off if you kill a deer, but you feed the, you know, if you feed a family with it, like is that okay, or you're not, you're just not allowed to? Because people kill deer. I wonder. I don't know what the rules are with that. Because that that looked pretty authentic.
1: It looks fucking real. I don't know how they did that. It, <laughs> it was a good really real. deer, I'm
0: sure. Dave, th- yeah, Your boy either nailed it the with the shot. composite or something, but um, mm. I just hope that deer, I hope that deer got eaten because it looked pretty real. Yeah, I mean, the it's whole funny. Sequence... My wife was
2: sitting next to me, and she went, oh, Bambi's mom. Yep, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear with it chuckling Lord's from prayer. the other room right now. She's so proud of that joke. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so good. Bambi doesn't with have a mom, Lord's but It's delicious,
1: yeah. The Lord's Prayer could have been so cheesy, especially
0: the callback. I when said he that. says, and, mm. and we
1: forgive those who trespass against us it, when he can't say forgive. Like, there are so many things that could have been cheesy.
0: Yeah, I, I said, I don't usually love movies that open with a prayer. The Lord's Prayer, as you're about to murder a deer, especially. I was like, I don't usually love movies that open with Dear Father. I'm like, oh, God, can we just get to the movie? But it's like, yeah, you're
1: right. I love it. I, love, I mean, I love what they did with it. Okay, okay. One of the standout scenes for me this time, and I remembered this happening, but I don't think I remembered this like, how long the scene lasted. Is the first time that Jake is staking out Hugh, <clears throat> and Hugh just walks over to his car and get and they they get it. He gets in and he's drinking.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And they have that really drinking scene because yeah. by that point the movie had kind of turned into I don't have like a good name for this, but you know, after everybody's done talking like after the exposition and it's just you're just cutting these you know, there's a lot of shorter sequences together of people doing stuff to move story forward this movie is a very dialogue driven after the exposition after the interviews and stuff and that's one of the few scenes where you really just get them talking to each other again he's not screaming the whole time the way he's just mm. so mad at him for so when he does so go off, other holy scenes. fuck mm-hmm. I mean yeah to a fucking Wolverine dude it's yeah. scary when that man gets upset <laughs> that scene really stood out to me and then just the the simple blocking and the mastery of the two performances are great. That final sequence from Melissa Leo when he comes yeah. to her house. Yeah. The, I'll burn my hand. Just the whole everything about it. It just, I, I just, I bought it. I really, really bought it. That's mm. my darling husband's recipe. I and mean, I, just, I just fucking, yeah. it really touched me this time. I was so, that could have been a, a some masterpiece short film. Just him knocking on the door to lights out. He finds the whistle underneath, and then just cut to black. Kind of Silence of the Lambs, right? There's there's a lot of
0: silence in that, like that final. Not all of them. I'm not trying to like say like every house terror tunnel story, but that sequence where it's her and the gun, and Jake goes to the other place, and the that Uh. it's yeah.
2: Yeah, that was that was very end of Silence of the Lambs. The thrower, yeah, because Jake yeah.
0: literally
1: says, "I know where you're going. Yeah, I know where you're going, and he doesn't go there. Yeah. I thought he was going to go there. And even just the tension of Jake hearing her not answering the door, but moving in the house, and he just decides to go in anyway yeah. at the very end. And yeah, really beautiful, really fucking and beautiful. He, I love and that he had already line. done again, that. Again, how so it's, cheesy. It's, and
0: I love the the convenience thing you said before. He'd already, he did that with the priest. So it's 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 a thing he does. It's not like, mm. and he did it with the other. So this is like the, it's a consistent pattern. that yeah. he goes He solves every
2: crime. He doesn't necessarily stick to the rules,
0: but he solves every right. crime. So, yeah. But, but, but the rules Another are thing, shady when you think there's something in distress and he heard the footsteps. So yeah. even though it'd be his word against Thursday and who the fuck knows how that would go. Another
1: fucking line that could have been super fucking cheesy in the wrong hands. The last line out of her mouth is something like, make sure they cremate me cause I don't want to be buried in a box. Mm. Or like that was I don't want to be pr- imprisoned yeah. in a box right it's like that could have been so fucking cheesy yeah. and like here's the flag we're waving it for you but oh no, god I just fucking I bought it dude I bought all of it yeah Just I'm just so this impressed was,
0: it was better on the rewatch not that it wasn't good in the first yeah. one but it, you love a movie that's better the second time third time you watch everybody it everybody
2: upgrade your Netflix to not have ads and go and
1: <laughs> 15
2: 15 ad blocks fucking ads it. god damn it all right, guys,
1: I think we did it. Thank you for choosing it. Jeff, I'm going to give you a little credit because you're... I, was, I, was, I really, after you're I really wanted
0: to. Uh, after this is my used, choice But I sure. didn't
1: realize... Yeah, you did not tell us that you watched it when you were with them and were kind of resisting it. You thought it might be too heavy because you pushed for it last week and I'm glad you did.
0: Well, I God, mean... It was good. Here, Here's the honest to God truth. I feel like... Us and everybody, we sometimes we need a push to watch movies that we know we want to watch again. But it's like, oh, it's two hours. So instead, <clears> we <throat> rewatch The Crown, John, yeah. or something like that. But it's like, <laughs> and this, it's this like one is hours, it's and hours and hours and hours. I watched two, three episodes of, of Drive to Survive the other day because you know it's the new season's coming out in three weeks, and it's like, there's there's Denny movies that I haven't seen yet. There's there's other movies that I haven't seen yet, yeah. and to sit to watch one two hour and ten minute movie that I will remember for a very long time, even if it's a rewatch. Versus ten episodes of a series, or watching fucking Argyle that can fall asleep during. It's like you know, it's mm. sometimes yeah, you so just need, the, sometimes yeah, you the need record, the push.
2: This is about two and a half Apple Watch stand notifications long. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs>
1: we did it, boys! All I'll, right, I'll, I'll throw this. I'll throw this detail out too because we didn't mention it in the movies from this year. There's another Denis Villeneuve movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal that came out in 2013 called Enemy.
0: Oh my god! That was this year.
1: The same fucking year it came out, and I think they shot Prisoners first, and then he made Enemy very quickly with him up in Vancouver, because it's Jake in every scene. It's not a giant cast or anything. It's a little strange. It's weird. It's got a really weird ending that's very popular for people who know Denis movies. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to call that out too. Jake's
0: been Great nominated for what? Them. James. Jake's been nominated for one Oscar. What was it? One Oscar. And he's been nominated for what? And it's been. Oh my it?
1: God! Really? I have Just no fun. idea.
0: What Just one. Just it... Dave? No idea. Is it? No,
2: no idea. Guess. Was
0: it Zodiac? No, Brokeback Mountain. It's the only thing he's oh. been nominated for it so far. Um, also, it's in interesting week. This I'm comes not out. I'm quitting you. Um, I, w- I wish I could quit you. Um, I wish I could quit you. The the so week good. this week, uh, a French director apparently moved on from working with Jake Gyllenhaal and released a quote that said, "In France, the directors are the ones in control." So it was a little passive aggressive against Jake this past week, mm. um, but because he chose he chose his tattoos, he chose his rig. A lot of actors get involved, but anyway, so interesting choice. Wow. So, thank you so much for listening up until this point. We are now. Going to have Dave spin the random year generator to give us the year. Then do what you've been watching, and then we are going to finish out the episode with our movie of next week. So if you want to know what we're watching, so you can keep up with us, you got to stick out till the end. But let's spin the random year generator.
2: Yeah, I haven't checked to see if yours is linked, so it may not work on your end. Interesting. Here we go. You got a new system. Yep. Oh, didn't work on your end. Oh my God. Dave, I don't see it. What is it? 1949. What? What? Yeah.
1: We, we, wait.
0: We go back that far? We go back. Yeah, to we the do. 30s, I made him. Go, I
1: make. Yeah, I made him take it back to the thir- nineteen thirty,
0: I think. Um, the musical South Pacific came out this year. Then um, yeah, we got some good movies in nineteen forty-nine. Yeah, there's concerned. there's some right. uh, there's some good check- ones to check. There. But we're not gonna sit here and Google it in front of you guys. We're gonna go right to what you've been watching. So Dave, we'd love to start with you. You wanna? to you It's gonna keep be a short one date? for
2: me. I I huh? yeah. I had um. I finished up Percy Easy. Jackson uh really oh, dug know. it uh last appearance by uh lance Henriksen. no not lance Henriksen. um what's his name yeah yeah, yeah from yeah, um,
1: yeah. john wick and uh the wire yes and, yeah lance
2: Final, last appearance from him yes um yes yeah lance riddick sorry fucking Henriksen. i was i was looking for millennium right, earlier he? that's why mm. yeah <laughs> yeah
1: Too i pulled soon, the jeff
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah fuck mm-hmm. uh that's all you watched this week? That was all I watched this week because I, I was just working all week. It was nuts. How was so, it? So, Yeah. Um, was it good? Yeah, it was good. Oh, actually, no. That's not the only thing. We we watched uh, two out of the three episodes of The Continental.
0: Oh, my God. I forgot that. Oh, out. cool. Yeah, so everybody forgot that exists.
2: Uh, it's on Peacock. Um, Peacock. It's Peacock. good. I dug it. I'm, I'm enjoying Peacock. the expansion of the, the yeah, the, the mythology and everything. I, I think it was good. Cool. Excellent. I um, watched the first
1: two of the three, I think, and maybe there's another one available coming up, or it might be on Wednesday, of Lulu Wang's Expats, the new Amazon series with Nicole Kidman. It's gotten people are talking about it. I don't know if you guys have heard about it yet. I have heard um,
2: about it. That's the one. It is, is worth watching. It was shot in Hong Kong, sure. I think.
1: Yes. Yeah. It is worth checking out. Lulu Wang made the farewell, that movie with Alkafina several yeah, years ago yeah. where she got, yeah. yeah. Definitely 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 worth checking out. Good adult. Adult, um, adult dramatic storytelling in a foreign land yeah I think it's, it was shot in Hong Kong I and also, now it's
2: banned in Hong Kong
1: probably <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I bet so I bet they fucking banned that motherfucker um, what else we watched I came home the other, I love when I come home and Elizabeth's watching like great movies that like gets me going boys um, nice. you, married, you, married, you married
0: well John you married well
1: <laughs> I came home the other night and she was watching she had never seen it um, James Gray's We Own the Night Jeff, you remember that one? No. And I had not rewatched that since 2007 when I think you and I saw it together in the theater. And there were some standout things. I think we did, dude. We saw it with, you know, Joaquin's in there. It's another Mark Joaquin. But Robert Duvall plays the dad. Do you remember the story at all? Nope.
0: Not even the slightest bit. It's on,
1: I think it's on Max right now. I had, I I probably watched the last two thirds with her. What a fantastic rewatch. Another in the vein of like Prisoners. Dramatic crime thriller, family sagas. If you're in the mood for that kind of thing, we did a James Gray movie at Astra for 2018, not too long ago. It was such a fantastic rewatch. I loved that. And then I have also watched. Um... God damn it! I just watched something else. Anyway, fuck it. Well, how about you, dude?
0: Well, did you watch Masters of the Air yet?
1: I haven't watched any more of that yet. I was kind of busy with school earlier dude. in the earlier in the week.
0: Episode one's fine. It's, stop, it's a setup episode. It gets you going. I think episode two is the best out of the three so far. I think that's the hook episode. Episode three is largely one mission, which is great. I, I cool. really like it. I'm really, I'm really happy with Messes of the Air. So I can't wait to talk to you about the first fucking four episodes next week. All right. I remembered. Okay. I just
1: watched. I just watched the first episode of this season of Fargo, and ah. I like that
2: show Fargo quite a bit. So. I love, that show. No I'm, I'm I'm yeah. I love it. No complaints. I'm trying to get through the first season, go. and it, it's starting off a little slow for me because I, it's I so. the first season so. seems to look a lot like the movie. The
1: look, yeah, yeah. yeah but I, not the. It's intentional. Yeah. It's intentional for sure. There's always the first episode of every season is usually the killing, yeah. like the initial crime, and then it's like all the fallout. Um,
0: yeah, Dave, give Noah yeah, some time.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm a Noah fan. I'm going to keep going. Mr. I,
0: so Mess of the Era, I am a fan of Apple T V Plus, shout out. Um, even though Austin Butler still has his Elvis voice. Just let it go, dude. Um Pandorum I watched for the Matt and Mark movie show. Pandorum, <laughs> which is on Prime, you know, if you have the sub if you have the sub, it's free. Pandorum? Pandorum. Mm. It's a uh, heard 2009 heard kind of space drama that was supposed yeah. to be part of yeah horror sci-fi. It was supposed to be a part of a bigger series, and it just didn't quite make enough money, so it didn't get into that next place. But it's the Ben Foster. The marketing was
2: terrible.
0: Marketing was bad. I didn't even I know what happened. It, yeah. I didn't even I didn't even know what happened. Uh, but it's uh, it's like so right for Matt and Mark. It's like it's like of course they saw this movie and not. Well, you know, whatever Jeff Bridges won an Oscar for. Like, of course, this is the one that they like. Went um, but I saw that and we talked about it on their show. So Pandora myself last week. And then the McGruber show I've been watching, and I've had fun with it. It's not quite as funny as the skit or the movie yet for me. There there are definitely funny moments. There are funny songs, there are funny moments. Um It's a fun ride, and I'm happy to be on it. And I'm very curious to see how it's going to go because I like the movie. And I downloaded the movie soundtrack after I saw the movie. I liked it so much. So, (laughs) McGruber, which is on Peacock, too. And they gave them way too much money and time. They gave them way too much time and money to do this McGruber show on Peacock. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So silly.
2: All right,
0: people. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to decide what movie from 1949 we're talking about. Talk to you in a second. All right. And we're back. And, and we're back. We are back. We have yes. made our choice, 1949 in cinema, everybody's favorite year in cinema. And we have chosen the third
1: man. Carol Reeds, the third wow. man starring Orson Welles. You're gonna
2: love it. Reminds me of when I woke up after the Rocky Horror Cast Party. Mm. <laughs> Come
0: on. People were so, so excited about this movie. It seems really fun. It is on the Criterion channel. So get your subs up. Watch the Criterion channel. Support the Criterion channel. They do great, great work. They're basically No like a, ads. No ads. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're basically- and they Cancel you know, Netflix
2: and sign up for Criterion.
0: <laughs> and they're basically a film archive at this point. So sign up for your, site, so your Criterion sub. And uh, we'll talk to you next week about The Third Man. Yes. You can also watch nice. it on Crackle Fortnite.
2: if you don't mind ads. <laughs>
0: True. I can't, I can't <laughs> wait to tell you the, top, the highest grossing movies of 1949. I can't wait to do it. <laughs> All right. See you, film fans. Peace.